Hello everyone and welcome to episode 8 of the Abnormal Psych Student Podcast. This week we have Chloe, a second year global studies and law student, here to talk to us about her lived experience. The topic of mental health and illness can be distressing for some, so if any of the content on this podcast makes you feel not quite right, please reach out to a mental health organisation like Lifeline, Beyond Blue, or for those between age 12 and 25, contact Headspace. So Chloe, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself? Sure. Hi, thank you for having me. Um, So yeah, I'm studying Global Studies and Law at Monash. Um, I'm actually from rural Victoria, and which is where I'm living at the moment because of COVID. So I've moved back home to a small town in southwest Victoria. Um, I, yeah, I love to study. I love what I'm studying. I really love physical exercise. Um, I love reading, bit of a little bit of a bookworm. Um, but I love hanging out with my friends and I, my family as well. And I have a pretty privileged life and there's nothing that I'm not grateful for in my life so yeah I just a regular person but yeah living with a mental illness as well yeah that's awesome um so what experience have you had with mental illness yeah so excuse me when I was in year 10 or 11 I always forget what year it was it blends into one I was diagnosed with anxiety and depression Mm -hmm. um and so that was something I had to deal with just going into VCE and all the extra stresses with that um so I've been living with that diagnosis up until early this year where I was re-diagnosed to just having anxiety um so they said like Potentially, I just lost the depressive symptoms or maybe I never had it at all. Um, I really like telling people that because it just shows the complexity um, of mental health and that like, it's not really not hard to just diagnose someone of something. It is very complex. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, and I've lived with that. Um, I've taken medication since I, the first diagnosis um, and seeing a regular psychologist and I've seen a psychiatrist and I've seen a naturopath and an occupational therapist all for my mental health just to try different avenues. It's really interesting. It's really interesting to hear about um, obviously the different avenues that you have tried. Um, I know that a lot of people sort of think that um, you go see a psychologist and that's the the one true fix-it-all solution. Yeah, Um, definitely very individualized mental health is something that you have to do on your own journey and there's no one size fits all response so I've definitely tried out so many different psychologists and I'm still searching for my match Um, but it is something you just have to keep trying and keep trying to find your someone that can really help you Um, so I did try a naturopath and I just found it wasn't really for me Um, I'm currently trying to see an OT um, and yeah, I've seen a psychiatrist every now and then when my mental health gets worse. Yeah. So yeah, there is lots of different ones. And I guess that's part of like really um, bringing mental health to the forefront is showing that there's so much more to it than just going to a psychologist and talking about your feelings. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's a really important thing um, for everybody and um, all of our listeners to to know is that it's, you know, it is a journey and it is a pathway that can involve, you know, lots of different um health professionals Mm. um so how has um your anxiety that you mentioned affected your day-to-day life yeah so anxiety is now 
completely a part of me. Um, it took me a very long time to accept that it was going to be something I had forever and something that I would just have to face every single day. So pretty much from the moment I wake up to the moment I go to sleep, I'm implementing things to help alleviate my anxiety and, and preventative measures to ensure that I'm keeping on top of it. So in the morning, I have a routine. I make my bed. I'm really good at making to-do lists. Um, I do my facial cleansing because I like to find that as like a little body soothing process. Um, I exercise every day, if not like every second day, because physical health is really, really important for your mental health. It's so incredibly intertwined. Um, and then when I go to bed, I do my skin routine again. Um, I often have baths for relaxation um, and I always do a meditation before I go to sleep. So, and I also take my medication before I go to sleep. So anxiety, whilst it took me a really long time to accept this and it took a long time to be like, okay, I've just got to stick with it. I've got to work with it. It was for a few years there, it was fighting it and trying to remove it and overcoming it. You know, I would be pushing and pushing and pushing and I just get to a spiral and I couldn't actually work with it to make myself better. Um, so, but now it's, yeah, working with it every day and some days I'll wake up and I'm really anxious and I can't get anything done. And it's, it's all about, okay, how am I going to take on this day, work with my anxiety um, and hopefully be better for tomorrow. Um, and then some days I wake up and it's great and um, everything goes to plan. So it's just making sure that I do keep on top of those little routines. Um, you know, it's just like all the things you do, like you wash your face so you don't get pimples, you brush your teeth, you don't get like plaque. You just got to keep doing those preventative measures and not just only responding to it when it's occurring. It's not a reactive thing. You can't just try and fix your anxiety when you're having a panic attack. You've got to really work at it um, every single day. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's, you know, another really important point that it, it is something obviously, you know, that you do live with every day um, and that you have to take it on as you would anything. Um, mm. So you talked a little bit in there about preventative measures for helping to reduce your anxiety. So do you have any other tips or tricks for the listeners on how to reduce or manage anxiety? It's really difficult to give my tips because they're very specific to me, but I do, it's a process of going through so many different things and finding what works for you. Um, so I, I know that meditation isn't very suited for a lot of people. Many people find it frustrating. It's hard to keep on top of, um, but it's about finding the specific meditation that you like. And that's sort of the same thing with physical exercise. You know, not everyone can do it every day in and out, but it's finding maybe doing a yoga or going for a walk, finding those things that can really help you. So I definitely recommend physical exercise as many days as you can, because it's so, so underrated for what it can do for your mental health. It's like a happy pill for your mental health. Um, I think relaxing things like taking a bath, um, reading a book, things that stop your mind from working, um, listening to music, dancing, something, yeah, there's something that stops your mind from overworking itself. Mm. And um, I also think someone with anxiety, I think things that reduce your stress is really good preventative. Um, so you don't get to that point of a panic attack. So I really like keeping myself organized, keeping my to-do list and my diary and just making sure that you feel as though you're on top of things 
through the different processes that you do and having a schedule for yourself so that you don't get to the point of complete stress. Yeah, no, that's, that's totally understandable. Um, I really like the point that you make about um, the fact that physical exercise is really important. Mm. Um, and I think it's, you know, it's also important to note that like it's, it, that doesn't necessarily mean you have to go for a run. Mm. Um, I personally am not one for, for running or high intensity sports. Um, mm. But I do try and make sure that, you know, I, I go for a half an hour walk every day. Absolutely. Um, and I find that really helps my mental health. So. Yeah. And mental health is really connected to physical health. It's just the body is just all one together. And I think physical health, if you're feeling physically healthy and not about how you look or how much you weigh, but like if you're feeling comfortable and content with your body, it really plays into how you're feeling with your mind as well. And it plays into that sense of worth. So I just, yeah, I think if you're keeping yourself physically active, which is not doing a F45 class every day, it's just doing something for your body, um, just moving it in any way you can, that it'll really play into how your mental health is going as well. Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, all of those points are really important. Um, so we'll move on to sort of the next little phase. We're going to have a bit of a chat about stigma. Um, so have you faced any stigma surrounding your mental illness? Uh, yes and no. Um, I don't think I've really faced like um, really obvious and blatant stigma. Um, no one's ever said anything to me or done anything specifically to me that has shown that they stig the stigma regarding mental health. But I, I know that it is there and I know that... Um, underneath the surface a lot of people do have stigma that they may not even be aware of um so when i was first diagnosed um it took a little while for my family to adjust as you can imagine mental health wasn't something that we'd ever come across before um and i know that my parents they really had to educate themselves about mental health and about my anxiety and depression to understand what i was doing um and that meant through education they could overcome the underlying preconceptions that they had you know uh if i was crying in bed it wasn't necessarily because i was sad it was because of all these other things you know i was so overwhelmed with stress and anxiety um and they really had to look into themselves and look at me and look at the evidence and the education to see that they in the pathway of overcoming their stigma you know but i did see at the start their um little moments of misunderstanding showed that the stigma come through um i think i yeah it's probably like the people closest to me that i've seen it through because that's yeah the closer the relationship like i understand better but yeah, yeah i've never had the um yeah the blatant stigma but i think a thing something really big within society is this idea of like we will help you with your mental health but if i have to go to a psychologist i can't do that so mm -hmm. it's like i accept that you are mentally unhealthy and i'll help you in any way i can but if i have to put that back on myself yeah i can't do that it's like the old saying like um you have to talk 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 walk the walk sort of thing like yeah. uh, people really struggle to um be able to look after their own mental health as well as other people so i think that really shows the stigma 
um, that's yeah underneath the surface. Yeah, a lot of um, a lot of self stigma. I think a lot of people experience. You know, it's the I'm happy to help other people, but you know, when it comes to me, no, there's nothing wrong. I'm you know totally mm. normal. And um, I think that plays into like the uh, misconception that mental health makes you, or maybe being mentally unhealthy makes you mentally weak. Yeah. And this idea of yeah, um, playing into like a weakness and a limitation. Um, and I really, yeah, that is a really hard one to overcome because it's so ingrained in people. Um, but it's just all about spreading the message that it's not a weakness. Like this is something that I take medication for and I have to fight every day, um, which shows strength rather than weakness. And I think, yeah, showing that people with mental illness, um, if I use my own example, like, my anxiety, although it can be very strenuous for me, it's something that has got me to where I am today. Mm -hmm. I have um, high expectations of my life and who I am. And that means that I continue to push to get good results. And that's how I got into university and got get the grades that I do. So mm -hmm. whilst mental illness can be really hard, it also provides another element of positivity and resilience that I think people often miss. Yeah, I think that's um, that's a really important thing for, for everybody to be aware of that, you know, it's not that you're weak. It's that, you know, if, if anything, you're probably more strong than somebody who's, yeah. who's not dealing with mental illness. Um, just because you do have that extra, I guess, barrier to overcome to, to be able to um, do the things that you do. Um, it was really nice to hear in there that your um, family took the time to educate themselves to help reduce their, I guess, their like misunderstanding of mental illness. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm so blessed. It definitely took a few um, rough days and a few yelling and a, a bit of misunderstanding. But I think if we're ever going to make social change, it's always going to be those rough patches. And it's all about education. Um, and learning so that we can fully understand something because i i fully appreciate that if you don't have anxiety it's so hard to understand what someone with anxiety is going through so the best way to be able to support them is educating yourself yeah so aside from obviously education um do you have any tips for you know how how people can combat that you know that misunderstanding or that stigma within their families mm. Um, I think a good way of looking at mental health is putting it on the same level as physical health. Um, you know, if you're feeling physically unwell, you need to go see a doctor. That's what we've always been taught when we're kids and we're privileged to be able to do that. Yeah. Um, so it's the same with your mental health. If you're feeling a little bit mentally unwell, doesn't mean you have a mental illness, but you may need to go see a psychologist just to nut that out and then back on the right track again you know that's the same with the doctor you have to go get a script go to the chemist take what you need to and then you're back good again and i just think we need to start leveling up that to show that mental health yeah it's not a weakness and not always is it a permanent thing you can have a mental health problem that needs to be addressed without it becoming a mental illness and i just think we need to normalize taking care of our mental health so putting in little things that yeah. but also for our mental health, like we do with our physical health as well. Yeah, yeah that's really important. Um, so how has your lived experience affected your view on mental health and illness? Mm. Well, 
I fully understand misconceptions about mental health because I held them. So before I was diagnosed, I, yeah, I didn't understand mental health or depression or anxiety. And I, I did see it as a weakness and it's hard to admit that because you're like, oh, but you know, you want to teach other people that it's not right. And, but I do understand the, the concept. Um, so I definitely, once I was diagnosed, it took me a while to convince myself that it wasn't a weakness. You know, I didn't get the mental health, um, mental illness diagnosis and go, this is a strength. It definitely felt like I was weak for a very long time. Um, and slowly as I began to accept my diagnosis and accept myself and accept that this was the rest of my life, I realized that it had so much more to it. Um, so yeah, it, my journey with mental health, I, while it's been hard and I've definitely seen the lowest of lows, I am so blessed to say that I've made it through and that I'm here now to share my story and hopefully help others um, because yeah, mental health is just so important to me and it's something that we don't discuss enough. And I just, the more we talk about it, the more we can understand other people's journeys and then we can hopefully get rid of that stigma. In the essence of talking about it to reduce stigma, um, if you could tell the world one thing about living with anxiety in an effort to reduce the stigma surrounding it, what would that be? Um, that is a good question. I think one thing, I mean, living with anxiety is just a constant state of you when you're stressed out for your big exam, you know? So it's not something that this out of world experience, we all go through periods of anxiety. Um, and, and someone who has been diagnosed with anxiety is just unfortunately living with that on a day to day basis. So I think a really good thing to un um, understand is that you know what it feels like. And just imagine that every day, constantly, and you'll be at a glimpse at what it is to live with anxiety. So I think it does help to know that everyone gets stressed and everyone gets anxious. And then it helps us a bit more to understand what it's like to live with anxiety. I think that's really important. I've never, um, you know, obviously everybody's, you know, there's the whole, everybody gets stressed sometimes, like, um, but I don't think I've ever heard anybody use the, it's like living with the day before your exam stress, but every day. Um, yeah, I think that's a really, that's a really solid way to, to describe what living with anxiety is like um, from personal experience as well. I 100% back that. It's, um, mm -hmm. It does very much feel like that. And I think that's a, a really important and really easy way for people to understand yeah. what it's like. And whenever, if anyone's having an exam soon, on the day before, just remember that feeling and, yeah, you'll get a glimpse. Yeah, that's, that's a really good analogy. Um, <laughs> I really like that. I might steal that. <laughs> um so we know that obviously um COVID-19 is having a, a big impact on mental health around the world um but how has COVID and the lockdowns that have occurred because of it affected your mental health? So I've kind of had two experiences um in the first half so I moved back home from Melbourne um, so I was living on res at Monash and now I'm living back home with my parents um, and I'm very blessed for the opportunity to move back with them. However, in the first half of the year, I struggled a lot um, with the adjustment 
I was really unmotivated and then obviously anxious because I wasn't getting any work done. Mm. Um, so I really did struggle with that. And I, I'm someone who, I'm not sure if I'm an extrovert, but I get a lot of my energy and a lot of my strength from surrounding people. So when I was limited to who I could see or limited only to Zoom calls, I, I found myself slipping a bit and, and struggling with my mental health. So I really had to step up and, and use those techniques that I, that I know work and really implement them for me. In the second half, I think my mind was like, okay, this is how it's going to go. You need to get your shit together because this is how it's going to be. Um, so I've really, really enjoyed the second half. I've found myself practicing a lot more gratefulness, which is another tip. Um, just doing three things you're grateful for any time of the day. Um, and being more grateful means that you're picking out the positive things in the world rather than the negative. So I found myself really grateful for my home and being able to come home with my parents because I didn't know when I could ever do that again. Um, and really grateful for just my pets here in the Oatmus atmosphere and being able to learn. Um, and also in when I was in Melbourne and usually my life is incredibly fast paced and I often don't know how fast paced until I'm spiraling out at the other end and I'm like oh I went too fast so as I've been back home I've actually been forced to slow down and forced to cut out different elements of my life and it's actually really helped me to focus on my mental health and prioritize my mental health and I found that I've really putting in the work um for next year when life is normal-ish again <laughs> and I can really balance my mental health and my other priorities. Yeah, I think that's um, that's really good to hear that you've, you know, obviously there are some negatives to what has occurred because of COVID and everybody will have experienced that. But the fact that you've found a way to, to make this situation into a positive mm. um, is really nice to hear. And I think that's a really important thing that, you know, people need to realise is that it sucks, mm. but there are some good things that have come out of it yeah and like don't get me wrong there have been some shocky days and days stuck in bed and days completely stressed out um and i think in those times it's important to sit in how you're feeling you know i love the quote feelings are meant to be felt like our body doesn't give us feelings yeah. for no reason we're meant to feel them and if we're just shutting them out or avoiding them it's defeating the purpose so i think when you are really struggling with how it is right now and that is totally fair um you just I think it is important to sit with them and allow yourself to feel sad or angry or frustrated or whatever it is and then hopefully a day later or two days or a week later you finally feel yourself great feeling grateful again and happy again and um being able to take that step forward but I do understand it is really tough right now I think gratefulness is a really important tool in times like this because there is always always something to be grateful for. And if you can't find something, then go back to your ability to breathe and your beating heart because they are always constant and always something you can be grateful for. Yeah. On the note of um, doing things to, you know, sort of combat those stressful feelings other than, you know, feeling, just letting those feelings sit and actually feeling them and, and practicing um, gratefulness. Do you have any tips for combating COVID and lockdown related stress? I think, I mean, everyone's going through lockdown differently. So for people in Melbourne, I'd say use that time outside mm. 
every day. I think getting outside, getting into fresh air and also combining that with exercise as in walking or running is like a really, really important tool. And, you know, maybe not every day will make you feel better, but if you continue to do it over time, it really will help your mental health. Yeah. Um, I also think, yeah, gratefulness is really, really important. Um, even if you can only come up with one thing, just keep doing it every day and you'll realise that your mind, it actually rewires itself to pick out the positives in the world because you are practising gratefulness. Um, and I also think um, for the particular COVID um, crisis, uh, I think keeping in touch with your loved ones mm -hmm. is really important. Um, and letting them know how you feel and talking it out. You know, it is important to sit in your feelings and feel angry, but you're also allowed to discuss it with others and say you feel angry because I think it helps and it makes us realise as well that they're probably feeling angry too, so you're all in the same boat and um, feeling like you're not alone is really, it's crucial to anxiety, but also crucial to a human being because we are social people. So, um, yeah, I think... Yeah, keeping in touch and trying not to let yourself push people out or push people away. Um, because I know that can happen in times like this. Yeah. Yeah. That's really important. Um, so we're coming around to our final question. Um, so this is a question that we are asking every single guest on the podcast. Um, and as you've mentioned, you know, throughout this episode, um, self care is a super important part of being mentally well. So, what are your top three pre-COVID and top three during COVID self-care activities? Okay. So pre-COVID, I was um, probably definitely hanging out with friends. I was doing that a lot and I found that really alleviating for my stress. Also, like, watching shit shows. Like, my friends love, like, The Bachelor and stuff. I'm not a big fan, but I find being with them and laughing and watching TV and letting your mind have a break is really important. Um, Pre-COVID, I would also... I did a lot of exercise pre-COVID, as that's probably one that's consistent. And I think pre-COVID, post-COVID, physical exercise is always important. Um, and pre-COVID would be also going to the beach. I love the beach and I, I find it soothing and it's a bit of my happy place. And I find if I'm really stressed out, the beach can um, kind of bring my breathing back down and bring me back to earth. And then during COVID, I found a love for baths. So I've been having baths a lot. Um, I used to hate them, but now I really like it. So that was good. Um, I've been with my pets. Um, so if you have any pets or even if you have a friend who has a pet, like go hang out with them because they're so gorgeous and um, they don't know what's going on. So they just make you happy. Um, and probably also in COVID. I'm not sure. Watching Netflix has been good too. Mm, yeah. yeah. I think it's, yeah, you know, those are some really good self-care activities. And I think it is really important to recognise that things that are as simple as watching Netflix can be self-care. Yeah. Like, it's really important, you know, even if you're just taking 20 minutes out to watch, like, an episode of crappy TV, then you know, you're giving your brain a break. Like, I know. I 
love documentaries and I love podcasts and I love reading autobiographies. But when you get me onto Netflix, all I want to watch is like a shitty romance comedy show because I just want my brain to stop. So I think it's just a trick. It just makes you feel rested, <laughs> which yeah. is weird, but I love it. <laughs> Uh, that brings us to the end of this week's episode. Um, so thank you so much, Chloe, for joining us today. Um, thank you for having me. It's been amazing. And I hope I said some insightful things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. No, it's, it's been great. Um, I'm sure everybody will really benefit from some of the advice and some of the tips that you've given. Um, and also just from hearing your experience um, with anxiety. So just a reminder to all those listening um, to reach out to one of the organisations mentioned um, at the beginning of the episode if any of today's content caused you any distress. Um, so thank you all for listening and we will see you next week.